to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning, church. What a beautiful time of worship together. And uh, I'm so glad that uh, we are able to worship the Lord in whatever place we may find ourselves. And, uh, you know, I think this season that we're in is a good reminder that the presence of God is not limited to a place at a certain time, but that He is with us. The Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people, or he, he, He's enthroned in the praises of His people. In other words, even as we worship God, maybe in your home or in your car, on the go, wherever you're at today, the presence of God is with you. Church is not canceled. It's happening wherever you're at today. And what a beautiful time of opening up our hearts to encounter the presence of the Lord in worship. And uh, just a moment, we're going to turn to the Word. But I, I want to say thank you uh, to all of you who have been so faithful uh, in this season with your finances. Uh, you know, the Bible says this, that we are to count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces patience. And uh, in other words, uh, really the test of our faith is not when everything goes well, but it's when we face difficult times. And, you know, the test of trusting God, believing God as our source uh, is being proven in this moment that we're in. And so I want to say thank you to all of you who are being so faithful in your generosity and your tithes, your offerings to support uh, the, the work of the ministry for us as a local church. For those of you who are a part of this church, we want to make sure that uh, the gospel continues to go out. If there's ever been a moment that the world needs good news, now is the moment. And uh, we've had in this season people uh, outside of our city, outside of our state, across the country joining us. And so once again, we're so thankful that you're with us today. If you're a guest, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'd love to know who you are. If you could take a moment just to go to our website at ocparkdistrict.com fill out the connection card. We'd love to reach out to you, connect with you. And uh, even during this season where we're not together physically, that we can be connected uh, in community. And the fact is that church has never been an event to attend. It's a community to belong to. And so even while we're in this online season, community is not canceled. Worship is not canceled. Prayer is not canceled. Uh, God's still moving in this season. So we're so glad for that. Well, if you have your Bible today, would you grab it and turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 10? Mark chapter 10. Uh, we are continuing a series that we've been in for a number of weeks that we're calling Home Life. And uh, we are talking about uh, relationships, marriage, uh, family, communication, all things home. And uh, last week we talked about harmony in marriage. And today I want to speak specifically to parents. And I know not all of us uh, are parents naturally, but through Jesus, all of us have the, the potential to be parents. We can all give life to others. And so whether you're a parent naturally, whether you got kids climbing all over you today or not, I believe that this uh, message is for you. But for those specifically who are 
parents in the natural, you've got kids, and maybe even while you're doing this church online moment, uh, maybe that's the challenge you're feeling of, man, the kids are running in, running out. How do I kind of get them to engage? Uh, if you are a parent, you know the struggle is real. It's real all the time, but especially in this season. I know uh, we've been doing uh, home church, uh, home school, home office, and uh, that's why we're talking about home life because I know many of us with kids, we may be feeling like we are about to go crazy. In the words of uh, DMX, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. And uh, anyway, so uh, we wanna speak to that today, speak some encouragement. And if you're a parent under pressure, uh, we wanna give you some perspective. And so today I believe God wants to give that to us out of his word. And so I wanna read a story out of Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bible, verse 13 to 16. And uh, it says this, Mark 10, 13, it says, then they brought the little children to him, to Jesus that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But, Jesus, when, uh, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. The, the kingdom is the realm of God's life and God's rule. Then it says this in verse 16, and he took them up in his arms and he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely love that little story. Just a few verses, but it is packed with meaning. And, and I think it's especially packed with meaning for parents. Uh, because it reveals, first of all, the nature of God, that God loves children, that he cares about children. Uh, It's showing that uh, kids weren't weirded out by Jesus. They weren't put off by Jesus. They actually wanted to come to Jesus. And so it reveals that nature of God through the person of Jesus. But it also reveals something that I believe is essential in parenting, a a responsibility that we have as parents. And, And I would say this, the ultimate responsibility is that we, like these parents, that we as parents would bring our children to Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, as a parent, in the craziness of the season we're in and the craziness of life in this modern world, when you can feel like there are so many things screaming for your attention, that you've got to uh, not only manage the house and you've got to manage work and you've got to manage your kid's education and you've got to manage all of these things while also looking good on Instagram, that the most important thing that you can do as a parent is to bring your children to Jesus. Oftentimes we as parents are busy taking our children a thousand places, running them to the ball field, running them to the practice, running them to all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the greatest place that we can take our children is to Jesus. Let it never be said of us as parents that we, we, we have met our children's physical needs. Or or, or maybe we've met their financial needs, but we've ignored their spiritual needs. We've ignored the the needs of eternal life. 
And I believe it's important that we bring our children to Jesus because ultimately Jesus knows best what our children need. Jesus is the embodiment of God and Jesus is the very one that our children need. And so we provide everything, a beautiful home, great toys, great education, but we neglect the spiritual life of our children. We failed our responsibility as parents. That's not to put condemnation or a burden on anybody because ultimately kids make their own decisions. But our responsibility, our number one responsibility as parents is to bring our children to Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives them the life that they need. Now, I would even say this, that perhaps the way we should view our parenting, our ultimate objective in parenting is not just to raise the kids, but our ultimate objective as parents is to help our kids to shift their dependence from us onto Jesus. Not from us just to themselves, but from us onto Jesus, that as we have provided for our kids' needs, now Jesus will provide for our kids' needs. As we have given our kids love and acceptance, now Jesus will give our kids love and acceptance. As we have given them identity and purpose, now Jesus will give them identity and purpose. We as parents need to bring our children to Jesus. Here in this passage, we find three things that I believe are keys to loving our children like Jesus. Nobody loves your children like Jesus does. So I want to share with you from this passage, I believe three things that we need to do as parents in order to bring our kids to Jesus and to reveal the love of God to our children. The first thing that I want you to see is this. Notice from Jesus, when the kids came to him, it says this, they brought their children to him that he might touch them. The, the, the first thing that I believe we as parents need to learn from Jesus in order to love our children well is that we need to learn a, a loving touch, the power of a loving touch. If there's anything that we are seeing in this season of social distancing, it, perhaps it's the fact that we need one another. Not just digital content, we need to be physically present with one another. As grateful as I am as the, for the opportunity that we have right now, ultimately church can never be fully expressed with you just looking at a screen. You need to be with other people. And Jesus demonstrated this life-giving ministry of loving touch. Have you ever noticed that everywhere Jesus went, he was touching people? And oftentimes when he touched them, there was healing that came to them. In fact, just a chapter earlier, the Bible tells us that they brought little children to them and he took them up in his arms. The story of the leper, you may remember the story of the leper from the Gospels that this man who was unclean, the Bible says Jesus reached out and touched him. Oftentimes the picture we get of Jesus touching is like this sort of religious, like, um, you know, uh, fire line, prayer line. Jesus is just going down and like zapping people. And, uh, you know, I'm not meaning to be critical, but that's not the picture we find in the Gospels of Jesus. Otherwise, kids would not be interested in that. Kids are drawn to him because it's not a religious touch. It's a relational touch. In fact, the word here, touch, 
means to envelop. The idea is this, he wasn't zapping them, he was drawing them in, into his arms, giving them a loving touch, because there is life in a touch. And, you know, even in this world where, of course, there's been abuse uh, in these things, it's so important for us to understand that one of the greatest ways we can love children is with a loving touch. Psychologists and scientists, sociologists have pointed out recently the power of physical touch. Even as restrictions on touch have been tightened, and sometimes rightfully so, they're recognizing that children who get an affirming pat on the head from a teacher actually perform better in class. Studies show that hugs, physical touch, a hug can reduce blood pressure. Even a, a physical touch releases pleasure chemicals in your brain that bond you to another person. So there is a bonding that happens when we touch our children in a loving way. And and that touch is a picture of God's love for us. Through Jesus, the incarnation, the incarnate God, we see that God's not far off. He wants to come in the flesh to live among us so that we might touch him. And when we give our children a loving touch, we're revealing the nature of a loving God. I remember as a kid, I've thought about this memory a lot lately. I remember as a kid, the last time that I held my dad's hand. I remember at the mall holding my dad's hand and having this feeling that I think I'm getting too old for this, but I still wanted to hold his hand. Why? Because Although my season was changing, I still needed the love of my father. And that never changes because ultimately the love of our parents is pointing us to the love of God. And we see through Jesus that God is not far off. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 12 verse 10 that we are to be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love. And Paul here in that passage is talking to the church. And certainly that should be expressed in our natural families and homes, but ultimately that should be expressed in the church as well. And that's oftentimes lost in our culture when we view church as an event we attend rather than a community and a family that we're a part of. When you start to see that God is a father and his church is a family that we belong in, suddenly all of these verses like greet one another with a holy kiss begin to make more sense. You're going, I don't want to be kissed. Well, don't worry. We're not kissing anybody at one church, but loving and appropriate touch is a beautiful expression of God's love for us. And that's so needed for our children to love them, to to hold them, to hug them, to cuddle them, to kiss them in appropriate ways, of course. As they get older, those expressions change. My my oldest son, Anders, is a teenager now. He doesn't want me to even kiss him on the cheek hardly uh, anymore. But sometimes when he's in bed at night, I sneak in, just rub his head and, and hug him because I love him and I want him to understand that. The younger kids still want a hug and a kiss. And the reality is, even at my age as a grown man now, my dad still kisses me on the cheek. Why? Because it's an expression of love. And we need to demonstrate to our children the love of God 
through a loving touch. Jesus touched them. The second thing I want you to see is not only do children need a loving touch, but children need lingering time. Lingering time. Uh, Notice in this story of Jesus, as the children come to him, his disciples are, 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 they begin to shoo the children away. Go, get, come on, get out of here. Don't bring your children here. Can't you see Jesus is a very busy man? He's an important man. He's got places to go, people to see, messages to preach. He's changing the world, savior of the universe. He doesn't have time for children. And those of you who are parents, you understand this, that children have no concept of time. Uh, You can have a plan and a program, but as soon as you put a kid into your plan and program, it is an X factor that can change everything. And I believe that that's actually what Jesus was wanting to demonstrate here. He says this, that that to uh, such as these belong the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the sphere where God's rule and reign is established and where the life of God is experienced. It's it's what the, the Bible calls eternal life. The fact is that eternal life is not just about a quantity of life. It's not just about a number of years on this earth and an infinite number of years beyond. It's not just a quantity of time, it's a quality of time. And oftentimes we get so busy with our life, following our program and our plans, our 10-year plans, our 20-year plans, we're gonna do this, accomplish this, so that one day when we get to this place, then we can live the good life. And oftentimes we miss out on the goodness of life here and now. We are not experiencing life in the kingdom, eternal life. Notice after this story is the story of the rich young ruler. He, he had been busy accomplishing, busy sticking to the religious program. I've done all of these things. I'm, I can just imagine him with his palm pilot in front of Jesus, because that's what they carried in the first century, palm pilots. And he was sitting in front of Jesus and he's going, I've done all of these things. I've stuck to the program. I've accomplished it all. And Jesus says this, sell everything you have and come follow me. And the Bible says that, that the rich young ruler turned away. Why? Because he was really good at the program, but he didn't care about the presence. And oftentimes we get so consumed with the program that we forget about the presence. There's nothing wrong with having a plan. There's nothing wrong with, with, with managing our time well but ultimately we can miss out on the quality of life that God wants to give us here and now. The Bible says this in the book of James, that chapter four, verse 14, what is life? It's a vapor. It's a vapor. In other words, breathe onto a mirror and as quickly as that mist disappears from the mirror, your life is like that. The longer you live, the more you realize that is true. And the fact is you cannot add more time to your day, but you can add value to your time. The Bible says this, that we are to redeem the time. What does it mean to redeem? Redeem means to buy back, to add value to it. 
And when you learn to be present in the moment as Jesus was, he pushed his plans aside, whatever the agenda was, the only agenda was to be present in the moment. And when we learn to be present with Jesus, we learn to be present with one another. I know for me as a parent, uh, sometimes I can get so busy with things that I miss out on the moments with my kids. The other day, it was my birthday and family tradition for us is everybody gets around whoever's birthday it is and they all say something they love about that person. And my son Linus spoke up and he said, I, I love that you go on the trampoline with me. That's what he said to me. And, and I went, whoa, he doesn't care uh, about the value of our house. He doesn't care about my net worth. He doesn't care about what kind of car I drive. He cares about that I go on the trampoline with him. Why? Because he cares about being present in the moment. And I want to encourage you as a love towards your children to learn to linger in the moment. I'm not saying that we shouldn't manage our time. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have boundaries. I'm saying the greatest life that has ever been lived, the life of Jesus, learned to linger in the moment with children. I believe that we need to learn that, you know, summertime is coming up and I wanna encourage you just real practically, especially those of you with kids to make memories with your kids. One of the ways that we redeem time, we add value to it is by being intentional to be present with the ones we love. And I wanna encourage you, be present with your children, make some time. Jennifer and I, we're, we're making plans to be away some this summer. Not because we don't care about our responsibilities, but because we recognize the greatest value we can give to our children is the value of our time. Someone said this, that to a child, love is spelled T-I-M-E. I don't want my children to leave home and I've been so busy with my program that I've missed out on being present with them. A reporter asked Billy Graham in his later years, if you could do it all over again, Mr. Graham, what would you do? And Billy Graham's response wasn't, I'd, I'd preach more crusades. It wasn't, I'd write more books. It wasn't, I'd, I'd uh, go, to more, uh, go to more countries or meet with more leaders. Here's what Billy Graham said. I'd spend more time with my kids and I'd spend more time studying and praying and less time preaching. Why? What's he saying? He's saying the greatest value to my life is not in my performance. It's in my presence, learning to be present with my family, learning to be present with God, learning to be present in our community. That's why as we're able to gather in the future, even in uh, smaller gatherings, it's so important to be present, to be not just rush in, rush out. You know, some churches measure how good they are by how quickly they can get you in and out. But I believe we, although I know we live in a busy world, but I believe Jesus wants to challenge that program and teach us how to be present. The greatest gift we can give our kids is lingering time. The last thing I want you to see is this, as Jesus took them in his arms, verse 16 says this, he took them up in his arms and he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. He blessed them. What, what is blessing? It's not just some religious jargon that goes on a plaque at Hobby Lobby. Blessing 
It is the projection of God's goodness into the life of another. Blessing is the projection of the good life that God designed us for. The first experience of mankind in the garden, God, the Bible says that God made them and he blessed them. The last experience that the disciples had as Jesus was departing, the book of Luke records that as he was ascending to heaven, he was blessing them. Blessing is the projection of God's goodness into our life through the pronouncement of God's goodness over us. And so the third thing that we need to give to our children is not just loving touch and not just lingering time, but life-giving talk. We need to speak life over our children. And I know that sometimes in the busyness of life, the craziness of life, the frustration, we can fly off the handle, blurt out in anger or frustration and and ultimately speak death over our children. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18, 21, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You literally have the power to, to impart life to your children through your words. And Jesus took them up and he, he, he blessed them. The Hebrew culture that Jesus was in understood that one of the greatest responsibilities of a parent was to speak blessing over their, over their children. The Bible says that God commanded Moses to speak blessing over Israel, that when he spoke blessing, that God would put his name upon Israel, upon God's family. And I believe that one of the greatest things we can do is speak blessing. And I don't mean just religious things or even just spiritual things, but just life-giving words. Tell your kids how great they are. Tell them how valuable they are. Say, I'm so proud of you. When you did that, I was so proud of you. You do that so well. You're so handsome. You're so beautiful. You're, you're so smart. You're so intelligent. What are we doing? We're speaking life, projecting life into our kids so that they would experience the blessing of God. The Bible says this in the book of Romans chapter 4, that we're to speak the things that are not as though they were. In other words, your kids may not always look the way you want them to, act the way you want them to, but you have the power to project God's goodness over them by speaking blessing over them. And I believe that the greatest things that we can give our children that, that demonstrate the love of Jesus is a loving touch lingering time and life-giving talk, speaking the blessing of God over our kids. You know, in this COVID-19 season, I've been thinking about time. And I've been thinking about the brevity of life, how quickly life passes us by. For those of you who have natural children, I know there's been even some babies born into our church in this, the recent months. But those of you who have children, you know this. You hold them in your arms as an infant and you blink once. When you open your eyes, they're walking. You blink again. You open your eyes, they're riding a bike. You blink your eyes, you open them again, they're taking the car keys and you blink and open your eyes again and they're driving away. And the greatest thing we can do as parents is to ensure that when our children leave our house and are out of our arms, they're still in the arms of Jesus. 
The good news is today that every single one of us, regardless of what season of life you're in, the arms of Jesus are open to you. Perhaps you've never come into the arms of Jesus. I want you to understand this today, that more than any love of a parent or love of a friend, the greatest love that you'll ever experience is the love of Jesus. And I want to invite you today, I want to encourage you today to come into the arms of Jesus, to receive the love of Jesus, to let him uh, love you and touch you, to let him speak life over you, let, let him linger with you. So here's what we're going to do as we prepare to close today. I want to speak God's blessing over you. If we were together physically, we may invite the parents to come, the forward, uh, come forward, lay hands on them, bless them. And I, I want to bless you today, but I also want to make a moment right now that you can linger with your children, that you can give them a, a loving touch, and that you can speak life-giving words over them. And so I want to pray God's blessing over you. And as we do that, or after we do that, the way we're going to close the service today is I want to encourage you parents. I know your kids may be running off. I know they may be other places. So maybe you have to pause this and, and make a moment with them. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Make a moment to give a loving touch, to, to take a, some lingering time and to speak a life-giving word. Take your children in your arms and we're gonna play a song in just a moment that, that will create an atmosphere for you to just make a moment with them to speak blessings, speak the goodness of God over them as God our Father has done to us. And so Father, we thank you today for your love. We thank you for the life of Jesus that has revealed the love of God to us. And Lord, I pray today that as people are watching this, God, wherever they're at, that they would know that your arms are open to them. Father, I pray you'd wrap your arms around every parent, around every single person. I pray, Lord, today that we would experience your love and that we would express your love to others. Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May he be merciful to you. May he turn his face towards you. And may he grant you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I want to encourage you, those of you with children, to gather your children, to make a moment together to speak God's blessing over them. Those of you that perhaps are with a friend or with a family member, take a moment just to speak blessing over one another. Or even if you're by yourself, Pray God's blessing over the sphere of relationships with, that you have. Take a moment. Maybe you need to text somebody. I'm praying for you. I love you. But give the gift of a loving touch, lingering time, and life-giving talk today in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. God bless you. Take a moment now to minister to one another.